Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. But technically, they just want them to end up doing the same shit that basically what Mac Jones is doing and then do their special shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. What do you mean what Mac Jones is doing? Just game? Basically, just playing the offense. If the offense is just dinking dunk, just do your dinking dunk shit. Well, that's the whole thing. Like when they say a guy that they're trusting him with the whole playbook, it's like Russell Wilson is upset with his coaches, right? And his offensive coordinator because they play a very dialed down conservative offense. And he's like, we need to take more chances, but they don't trust him. Like they did with Peyton Manning where he gets to like make audibles at the line. Right. And I think it's like, you let some guys shine. You let other guys know. And it's like, how many Super Bowls do I need to go to before you decide you know what? You know what's best for the team. Make changes at the line and figure it out. And if more teams did that with quarterbacks that were their franchise guy after like seven, eight years, I think the offenses would be better. If you like Patrick Mahomes do that, it's going to be better. But I get with rookies, the only rookie quarterback that's really ever, I guess in our lifetime, but I don't really remember him playing as a rookie, was Dan Marino who came in and just crushed it. The only other person close to that, I guess, is Kurt Warner, but he was a 26-year-old rookie quarterback. Yeah, he didn't count. <laughs> so I don't really count, but like he came in and just destroyed the NFL. That's why you see wide receivers and running backs. Like, there's never been someone who's come in as a quarterback and had a rookie season like um, Randy Moss. Well, Justin Herbert last year. Yeah, but they didn't win any games. I'm sorry. They didn't win enough games to go to the playoffs. What's crazy about Lamar Jackson is like he came in, played well enough, got Baltimore into the playoffs. Like Baltimore was not supposed to make the playoffs that year. They've made the playoffs every year he's been on the team. And then well, remember he wasn't like a top ten pick. They were they were he they I were know, a good team when they picked him, but they weren't supposed to make the playoffs. They weren't expected to make the playoffs. Like had Joe well, he Blanco, wasn't expected to start. Yeah, had Joe Flacco kept on starting, they would have been like a seven and nine team. He got them, I think they were like 10 and 6 or 9 and 7, and they got into the playoffs. But Joe Flacco was what they thought he was supposed to be while they sat on what's the name down. Exactly. He they would have got to the playoffs, but he wasn't what he he wasn't supposed he's not where he was at. He fell off. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't draft, they didn't draft Lamar with the intention of him being the starting quarterback on a playoff team. They believed they had a playoff team. After 10 weeks, he was ready. Well, I'm saying they believed they had a playoff team and they believed that they didn't have the right pieces. For Lamar Jackson to, you know, become the starter right away. If he was but, more accurate, he would have been better. But like, that's just something that he developed into. But every quarterback's like that when they rookies, they had to go through all that. Even on Josh Allen had to go through that. He sucked in his rookie year. Josh Allen's numbers, his rookie season and his senior year at or his last college season are exactly the same. The surprising part is the jump that he made from his second year to his third year. Not really. And it's the if you look at the stats, it's the best anyone has ever done. Not really. All they did was got him a, a better wide receiver that can catch the ball. He, but yeah, he went from like completing fifty six percent of his passes to all of a sudden completing like sixty eight. Give me put Tavon Diggs like on, on anybody's team and also they they could complete it. He threw twice as many touchdowns and re, like and reduced like thirty percent of his interceptions. 
Wait till what's the name on your team gets um, healthy again? Like 300 more yards and four more touchdowns. It was crazy. It's wait, like wait, everything. He just figured it out all at once. Wait, wait till Robinson gets healthy. All of a sudden, you're going to see the same thing happen with um, with Fields. Uh, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be able to do it. I don't think they trust him. What's interesting, Matt Nagy isn't a bad offensive coordinator, but he's not calling the plays. So that lets me know that Matt Nagy can't all be the problem because the OC yeah, he, ain't trusting him. And the Bears are doing as best they can. Like, without Matt Nagy should have been took over. He sh- and if he didn't, he should be fired. No, nah, they, they wanted him to give up. They wanted him to give up play calling when it wasn't working between him and um, Trubisky. But the worst part is Trubisky, Trubisky's not there. He, yeah, he, he was hired as the head coach, Trubisky's second season. And for the next four years, they made him coach him because they were being cheap. And it's like after year two, you realize like this ain't working. Let Nagy coach quick coach his offense the way he originally planned to, and he has the quarterback that he quite that that he wanted. I'm guessing he wants he wants the fields. The way he wants to is how when he was um an offensive assistant in Kansas City, and not even like the offensive coordinator when they were doing all those passes out of the backfield with Alan, mm-hmm. Alex Smith. Like that's his offense. That's the offense that he likes to run. That old Philadelphia offense with like Brian Westbrook. That's what he let him to do. They let him run it and we see what he does instead of running. Tariq Cohen may may not play this season. I didn't realize it was that bad. Like he may not play. He was hurt last year. He may not play at all this season. It's week fourteen. I thought he was going to be back halfway through the season after six weeks. Yeah, I think he's going to be the same. He can't catch yeah, passes no more. Yeah, I picked him up in fantasy and I dropped him real fast after that. When I found that out. But Aaron Osmond, so, you got to log back yeah, into that. They have no, they, they don't really have a running back that can catch passes. All their running backs can run, but this offense is predicated on like getting the tight end open in the space. They don't like using Jimmy Graham as much as Cole Komet, but they're paying him six million dollars a year. Waste of money. It's only a waste of money. Well, it's not. I don't care about the money. I care about why is he on the team if you don't want to use him. That's why I said it's a waste of money. Good. Who cares? I don't care about you. Pay them all a million. Pay them all six million dollars. But they're not using them. That's why I said it's a waste of money. Yeah. It's a waste of talent. Yeah, he could be better. He could be doing his thing on another team. Seriously. If he was on, you know, a team he would fit perfectly with right now? And I'm surprised he didn't leave. After all of those tight ends left, um, John U. Smith left Tennessee. I thought he was mm-hmm. going to go to Tennessee and go try and win. Because I know Ooh. he wants to go, get, go to the Super Bowl. Graham. Jimmy Graham. He ain't got it no more. Listen, I don't even know who the ten tight end of Tennessee is, but I know he's not doing very well. And if he Jimmy Graham ain't got it no more, man. Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham just I'm, Jimmy. I'm not saying he's the best tight end in the league, but he's got to be better than the dude that's starting for them. He's got three touchdown catches. They've okay. thrown the ball to him like 15 times. Tennessee needs any healthy receiver they can get at this point because everybody's hurt. Their team's falling apart underneath them. Yeah, I think there's a reason why Jimmy Graham didn't find a didn't didn't find a suitable opportunity out there. Yeah, he was playing. He played three years of Russell Wilson and and couldn't you know didn't have a good season. Didn't have good te- good years when he was there. That's true. He only had like one half of a good season. But then again, like I don't know if it's the offense coordinator or what, or they're just not getting people the ball. But Russell. Russ just has not had a great season since probably two years ago when they kind of disappointed in the playoffs. But that was when they had a crap defense. 
Well, I'm happy that he's having a bad season. You know, I feel bad for Russ and all, but I'm happy. Why? Because I'm a Jets fan. That's why. Those draft picks, you know, four and five in a row. Got four pick, fifth pick. Yeah, right now. But you realize half the teams in the league, like just like I said last week, half the teams in the league have like four wins, five wins, and six wins. Like literally like 16 teams in the NFL are between four, five, and six wins, which means all they have to do is win two or three out of the next five games, and your fifth-round pick or your fifth overall pick goes from fifth to 15th. That's all right. I, tr- I trust my, my GM. Because we, we originally was um, – that, that um, pick was originally um, predicted to be like the 20th or something like that because, you know, Seattle's always in the playoffs. Yeah. Listen, man, they can still make the playoffs. That's the crazy part about it. They have the same record as the Bears. They're both four and eight teams. A four and eight team in week 14 can still make the playoffs because of an yeah, it was just, it was just like anybody in the AFC, on the NFC East last year. Anybody in the NFC East this year. Any, every team in the AFC North has six wins. Except for, I'm sorry, two teams have seven wins and another team has six wins, right? Because Baltimore lost last week. Are they... Yeah, Baltimore lost. Yeah, they lost to Pittsburgh. <clears throat> they, got, they got eight wins. I gotta go look. I gotta go look at the damn um, standings again. It's crazy. Um, before we get started, real quick. Yeah. Oh no, Baltimore's eight and four. Cincinnati seven and five. Pittsburgh six and five. Cleveland six and six. They're the only. They're the only division where every single team has a winning record. Oh no, I take that back. The AFC West is the same exact thing. Kansas City is eight and four. Chargers are seven and five. Denver is six and six. And Vegas is six and six. The Giants aren't out of it at four and eight. And Philadelphia isn't out of it at six and seven. As That's fact, crazy. As a matter of fact, Philadelphia, if San Francisco loses one more game, Philadelphia's the seventh best team in the NFC. They're in the playoffs right now. Dallas, the Washington football team. Philadelphia is one game back in the playoff hunt. Arizona can clinch home field this week. LA Rams are eight and four. Tampa's nine and three. Everybody else is five and seven in their division. Chicago's four and eight. Minnesota's five and seven. Like, there's only really, not to pick on the Lions, but at least they won a game. Basically, aside from the Lions in Houston and Jacksonville, even the Jets can still make the playoffs. If the Jets win the four, if the Jets win four out of the next five games, they're a seven and ten team. Seven wins could actually get them into the playoffs because of everybody who they have to beat to get to seven wins. It's not gonna happen, but like statistically, it's they're not eliminated. It's insane. And they've actually won a road game so far this season. So they're actually doing pretty good. Yeah, that's when it was actually it actually had non injured uh, a lot of injured players. There's been so many injuries throughout the whole league this year. And the weird part is nobody's blaming it on COVID now, but last year it was COVID, COVID, COVID. Now See, the, di- it's just the difference is hurt. when a good team have injuries, they got good backups. When the Jets have a good um injuries, we're getting people off the waiver wire and bro- packing grocery bags and shit. <laughs> Are you lying? Nah, man. Yeah, I did I did a especially did a post in my Jets group last week and I started listening to players. I was like, holy shit. This guy's a rookie. This guy's a rookie. This guy's a second year. This guy's quite wait, quite waved up to the practice squad or whatever. One of our best players, which is Quentin, Quentin Williams' brother, Quincy Williams, he was actually cut by Jacksonville 
Yeah. And we claimed him off of waivers. And also now he's like one of our best players on the team. You know why y'all claimed him? Because you figured, you figured Jacksonville doesn't know how to coach people. And they fired their head coach. So clearly this guy must have some talent if they drafted him in the first, second, or third round. He just he didn't said, fit the new Jacksonville system. He just didn't fit the new system. We literally got uh, our starting safety, Elijah O'Reilly, whatever. He was claimed off the um, Eagles practice squad. He's a rookie, undrafted guy. The Bears drafted a guy, Kevin White, in the first round in like 2015 to 2016. Mm -hmm. Spent four years with the Bears. Didn't really do much. Kept getting hurt. Now I forgot what team he signed with, but he's still in the NFL six years later. All because he had first-round talent. I don't think he's caught more than 40 passes in a season, maybe not even 30. It's just what it is. What are you gonna say, Malik? I'm just I'm just laughing at, at Ant talking about how how inexperienced his team is and 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 sitting sitting here talking to a fucking Lions fan about the the level of inexperience and and youth and <laughs> undrafted fucking people on his team. Like, Your quarterback like, is pretty seasoned. Your quarterback is what is fifth or sixth season in the league? He's what oh Jared? The, yeah, he's been to the playoffs like four times. Jared, Jared, Jared's seasoned. He has he has seasoning. Yeah. But pretty much the rest of the team is full of, you know, first round busts, yeah, undrafted free agents. Like first and second round picks. I still, I still have the list of, of of the players that I when I made that post. I still have the list of the players that I made because I made a signed notation on that shit. Read it off. John Franklin Myers. Is, these these are the experienced people right here on the line. John Franklin Myers, three years, whatever, signed team friendly deal or whatever, whatever him. Sheldon Rankins. Quite, he's been injured on the injury reserves for a minute. I know Malik, you knew him, right? From the Saints. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he was in, yeah what, how many times have you seen him actually play? On the Saints? Probably yeah. his first two years. And that was it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we got that. Then we got the great Quinn Williams. Okay, we can pass him. Then we got Shaq Lawson. He's been, been what, been bounced around afterwards, you know, after being bust with the Bills? Yeah. Yeah, okay, we got him. Then we got um, what's his name? What's this guy called? Deshaun Phillips, whatever. Two two year player, basically was a practice squad for two years. Deshaun Phillips, who you know who he is? No, I don't think I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You get the Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Who? Who the fuck is that motherfucker? Yeah, he's been he's been in the league for two years, but he's been on practice squad. Then you got, of course, the big name C.J. Mosley. After that is Quincy Williams. I was talking about. Then you got Ashton Davis, who was drafted last year. Nobody gives a shit about his ass. He's fucking trash. Then there's Elijah Riley, who I just said before. He was in the Eagles practice squad after being an undrafted rookie this year. Elijah Riley, who the fuck is his ass? You know from college somewhere. I don't know. I don't know him from college. Yeah, yeah, that's my point. Then we have um last year's um quite a number one cornerback is Bryce Hall, who was drafted last year, fifth round. Oh yeah, uh, Bryce course. Hall. He's really good. Yeah, but he was he drafted. was really good in college, but yeah, until he got hurt, and then he fell down to the fifth round. Okay, we can give him that. Give him that. But do you know who Isaiah Dunn is? Never heard of him. Yeah, he's our second quarterback, and then you know Michael Carter, who is the rookie this year. So that's that's a first year, a second year Bryce Hall, and then two rookies. That's our cornerbacks right there. That's that's who did just roll out last week. Of course, they're gonna fucking lose. Yeah, but they actually scored a bunch of points, man. Like, you, you sitting here shocked, like, why didn't they do – why aren't they better than this? They, um, <laughs> the, the, the Detroit Lions cornerbacks are Amani Oruarie, he's a fifth-rounder in his third year. <laughs> Jerry Jacobs, 
who was an undrafted free agent. Uh, he was the starting second. He was the starting right cornerback in the game yesterday. I mean, last week. Um, we then have uh, Ifeitu Melifonwu, who uh, yeah, th- thank you for thank you for um, you know I, I can pronounce all their names pretty well, um, and Bobby Price and Ifeitu. Uh, Good job um, on that one. Ifeitu was actually considered a, a a bit of a draft steal when we got him in the third or fourth round um, uh, out of Syracuse. So what you're saying is all your players on the Lions are like fourth to sixth round picks and Anthony's complaining because all of his guys are former first to third round picks. Well, not just that. It's just Anthony's <laughs> Anthony's team is, he said, Anthony has the youngest team. In the, he has the youngest team in the NFL. And, and, and the Lions are the second youngest team in the NFL. And the only reason the Lions are the second youngest team in the NFL is because Jared Goff is 27. Because he said he, like, literally, literally, <laughs> like no, no, seriously, like I think the, the average age of the Jets team was like 25.2. And the average age of the Lions team is 25.3. So, because Jared Goff is 27. Because Jared Goff is 27. He's, he's the oldest player on this team. Malik has a point, Anthony. I mean, but we got, we got people got like, C- but then we got CJ Mosley. We got, um, what's the name? Besides him, we got um, Flack, Flacco. Okay. We got, Let's put it like this. If the Jets play the Lions this week, no matter what stadium they're playing in, who do you think wins the game? The Jets. I'm going to, the Jets. I'm going to go with my the Jets. Jets. Okay, man. So the Jets, so, the Jets got better receivers too. Even so, though they all young and shit, they exactly. got better receivers. Elijah Moore is is the best receiver between the two of them. CJ Mosley is the best linebacker between those two teams. Quinnen Williams is the best defensive lineman between those two of those teams. Correct. That's correct. I'm like okay. People, I'm not. So I'm then, not that, no, but, but the you, thing you is were like, just you were just rattling off your whole team like they all trash. No, I'm not. They they seem like they trash right now, but I think they're going to get better. Well, I hope this, this is good trash. I hope they're not listening to you talk about them because I don't know <laughs> if they want you as a fan after all of that. You're like, well, who's not... <laughs> this dude? Who's that dude? Yada yada yada. I but the like, thing is that right. that's if you if you if you compare them to the national type of the big the big teams and shit, yeah. the teams that are actually gonna make the playoffs. There's if, no way this team is gonna make the playoffs. Let's put it like this: the Chicago Bears could have snuck into the playoffs if other teams didn't get any better, right? We didn't get better. We just got worse. Um, oh, thanks, Malik. You make me feel much better about my team, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look. I look. I'll be honest with you. Like the, it's like, the truth, like, though. It, it's the truth. Like the best conversations that we have during the during the week. The best conversation that Lions fans have had over the last four weeks is who's our kicker this week. Like we have no. Like we've literally gone through about I think four different kickers in the last four weeks. Oh, we're doing the same thing right here in the Jets. We just got, so, we just bounced one kicker. We got another one. He fucked up the two two kicks and he never played. And we just like all right, we tried our new kicker again. Like this rookie cat mm-hmm. we have, Riley Patterson, actually got praise for Damn. making for making three kicks, <laughs> making three kicks during that during one the y'all game against game. Minnesota. That one y'all the game. That was the difference. Yeah, no, no, I, absolutely. No, I give I give him all the credit and I give him all the credit in the world. But he the dude is getting praised for doing something for making field goals. That's what you know the what, fuck a kicker does. You know, <laughs> you know that's like that's a, that's really a good thing because that means there's gonna be a kicker available for the Justin draft in the fifth round. Our the best won't be getting them. Our, look, legitimately, our best player right now, yeah. and this is not this is not a, this is not a lie. Our best player right now is our punter. Wow, he is he is, and I believe he will be a Pro Bowler. So we will have Lions a Pro gonna, Bowl punter this year. So there's going to be a guy from a two and two and fifteen, no, two fourteen and one team, who's in the Pro Bowl, and it's going to be the punter. It's going to be a punter. 
I'm 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 calling it right now. Jack Fox will be a will be a representative uh, in the in the Pro Bowl of the Detroit Lions and our only representative as our punter. Well, Ant, there's a kicker or a punter in the Mac Conference, right? I believe this kid hit a 64-yard field goal in the middle of the week in like Ohio or Michigan somewhere with like 5,000 people in the stands and the wind is howling over there because it's the upper Midwest and it's like November. And yeah, he's kicking into the wind and he hit a 63-yard field goal in college. And I'm hoping that there's a Jet Scout that's there right now that's circling his name and saying, we're going to get his ass in the fifth round or fourth round or whatever. You better hope. You better hope you draft him because he's going to get a camp invite to a good team. I'll tell you that. (laughs) 63-yard field goals. Yeah. Well, that that kid from last year, I think he was in Florida or whatever. I forgot what his name was. He got drafted. He did good. You don't want a kicker from a warm weather team coming to coming to the Jets. You need a kicker mm-hmm. who can kick in the Northeast, who can kick in high winds. Like I felt bad for that Bills kicker when you missed that field goal because he was. Oh, like, you need a kicker that can kick into that. <laughs> he was thirty-two yards away, and I was like, "This is not yeah. gonna make it." He should have just told coach, "Like, no, coach, it's not gonna work, coach." <laughs> yeah, it's, just it's give me the ball and let me run it in. I mean, it's not like they didn't build a dome, like people wouldn't go. Like, there's no pride in playing in the cold. The Lions don't play in the cold. Minnesota don't play in the cold. This is supposed to be their advantage. This is supposed to be the Bills' advantage. Word? How many Super Bowls they won? Where's that advantage? (laughs) No. Exactly. Everybody want to be warm, damn it. Nobody want to be that cold. Nobody wants to be in that shit. They can afford a dome. No, nobody wants to be in that shit. Seriously. Anthony, I bet you the new stadium's going to have a retractable roof. I bet you that. Mm -hmm. They better have a retractable roof. They're going to do it. Nobody does that shit on purpose. Like, right. just stop, stop trying, stop trying to be, stop trying to be a damn. You know, that's, old, that's why. It's like, some it's, old school shit. Yeah, <laughs> like when I see it in Lambo, I'm like, y'all just being pretentious now. Seriously, it's like yeah. four degrees outside. Come on, be human beings are supposed to be out there in that yeah. damn shit. And Chicago can't do it because they don't have any land near them. Trust me, I bet you that new stadium they build in the burbs, that shit's gonna have a roof. Soldier Field <laughs> is dope. It's an original stadium, and it's in downtown Chicago, which is what makes it cool to me. But like, trust me, when they build that new stadium in the suburbs and that whatever racetrack is, it will have a dome. People don't like being cold for no reason. Well, no, no, there's you no better... reason for that. Well, Ace, it's 2021. I... We ain't doing this shit. Like the we don't do this why... shit now. The Ace, Jets, you better go to that like, stadium. Remember when the Jets were gonna build a new stadium on 34th Street? That mm-hmm. shit was gonna have a dome, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was. That shit exactly. was gonna be badass too. That would have kept yeah. me in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but Ace, you need to definitely go to Soldier Field before they shut that shit down. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go next year. You know why I say you gotta you go because when I went variant. to when I went to the um <laughs> when I went to the old the old um well, I was about to say Giant Stadium whatever yeah whatever that you place call that. was terrible it was called Giant is, Stadium but the thing is that I, I kind of loved that home game with the Jets because Malik was there when it when the Jets was winning quit everybody was like going crazy shit the the building was about to shake it felt like it was about to be a shaking apart about to be an earthquake type of shit that was a great experience. That shit was fucking awesome. That's why I say you need to go to the old Soldier Field because they're gonna have that same type of feeling. Because those new stadiums, you're not getting that shit. Just go in September. They, they it's warm. Well, whether or not they build it better, I don't know. But I've been to a couple of college football games that were pretty nice. I've been to a Bills game where everybody was losing their damn mind back in um 2000 with Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie. It was the last good year they had until they <laughs> finally made it. This was it two three years ago with Tyrod Taylor when they finally broke their playoff drought after 20 straight years and not making it. No, uh, like, it's, it, nothing is better than going you. to your, so old stadium. No, this, with your this, team, no, this is your this team is the, playing in it. Yeah, with my team playing, yes, but the Bills' old stadium. Going no, I don't there. give a shit. Fuck them. 
And I wish I had gotten a chance to go to the old Philadelphia stadium before they built the link. But I heard the link is pretty crazy as it is. Yeah, because it's the link. Yeah. But um, Veterans Stadium was kind of a, a well, it was a shithole. There's still that famous <laughs> clip of that guy who got arrested. But like the fact that they had a judge and police in the bottom of Veterans Stadium just says a lot about Philadelphia in general. <laughs> I hope there's nobody from Philadelphia is listening to you, Ace. Whatever. They know what it is. <laughs> they know how they get about their team. After they won the Super Bowl, they damn near turned down the. They t- People were doing like swan dives off of balconies in front of hotels. You if I was that. Eagles fan, I, if I was an Eagles fan, I would too. Because you see what happened. In, wait, this is less than two years since they won. I think a guy stole a the police team went horse to shit. and wrote it down. Yeah, he wrote it down like Broad Street or something. It was nuts. It was wild. Like the Giants <laughs> win, we don't do that. Yankees when we don't, you know, steal a police horse and like race it down Lennox Avenue. Like, come on, what are you? Yeah, because New York teams actually saw a win. You know, yeah. you didn't see a now, win when you were you, if, when you were an Eagles fan. If the Knicks win, that might happen, but who knows? Well, the Knicks win, they're going to go see buildings fall down. They might burn down the Empire State <laughs> Building for all I know. <laughs> Anyways, I am happy Ooh. finally that the college football playoff has basically three new teams or two teams that have never been there before. Shout out to Michigan. And shout out to Cincinnati for coming through. I watched both of those games. I watched Michigan put the beat them down on Iowa. That was fun. And that Cincinnati game was also fun. And apparently, Malik, you were telling me about everybody in the state of Georgia just crying this past weekend. What happened? I couldn't I couldn't remember. It was a really bad night. It was a really bad weekend, man. They they really they were really hurt by this. This whole I, I don't know. I don't know why, but you know, like I said, like I said, my my personal opinion, you know, the the ground would have just opened up and swallowed both teams whole, but you know, apparently somebody had to win. So, um, you know, I don't, I just, I just, I think, you know, obviously um, twofold, like one, I think this was probably the first year where, you know, it was legitimately, everybody was, everybody was legitimately looking at it, like to say that Georgia was the better team by a long shot. Um Similar to uh, 2019, when um, when when my LSU Tigers won, LSU was the better team, was the best team that entire year, and there was no, you know, Alabama was definitely second in terms of you know the the you know, being the best team in the conference. Everyone thought that Georgia was the best team in the conference, and so it was almost a foregone conclusion, as you could tell from the from the the, the betting line, you know. The line in that game had Alabama as like you know a one score a one score dog you know against them. So you know there was no expectation that they would lose the game and lose the game by that much. So I think it was more just more of the shock of what was happening. Um, yeah, it was definitely a somber Sunday uh, in the in, in around the way um, when I was just walking around the area and seeing people in their Georgia stuff. So. Sucks though. They're still in. They're still in the playoffs. So at least they they're just three. So they just they got to play Michigan. So well, they're only in the playoffs because Oklahoma State came up short against uh, Baylor, which was kind of surprising. But it is what it is. That's what the Big Twelve does. They they don't make the playoff, and when they do, mm-hmm. they get rocked anyway. So yeah, I think I think Michigan Georgia is going to be a good game. Um, it's going to be a more interesting game, um, and then one four. You know, Alabama and Cincinnati. Um, we'll see what Cincinnati really has. You know, um, we'll see what we'll see if you know their their undefeated season. You know, they're going to be going up against the well. You know, what everybody Bama. says is the best that college has to offer. So, oh man, I hope they crush them. 
I hope this is the Bama team that showed up against uh, LSU and just plays terrible, makes a bunch of mistakes. And like Cincinnati just plays perfect. They just play yeah. perfect. I think the, the betting world, I mean, the, 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 the betting world and the interest points. They're getting 13 and a half points and the over under is only like 50 something, which is saying a lot about both defenses, but it is what it is. All right. Um, let's get into the NFL games. And I'm going to let you go first. We have Pittsburgh on Thursday night football at the Minnesota Vikings, who are the first team to lose to the Detroit Lions. So I guess Mike Zimmer is on the hot seat to get fired. Should be. Uh, he hasn't won a playoff game there yet. I still don't get how he got promoted from working for the Cincinnati Bungles to being the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. That still never made any sense to me, but it is what it is. Um, they still got Kirk Cousins as their quarterback, so that's that's holding them back. Pittsburgh was able to steal a win last week against Baltimore, so they're still in the playoff hunt. They're going to end off uh, at least Ben Roethlisberger's last season probably in a playoff, and they are three-point favorites. They're three-point underdogs, Pittsburgh is, at Minnesota, dome team, over-under is 43. And who you got? Well, both teams I don't trust. Both teams are injured. Um, Big Ben is old, and Cook is going to be – I think Cook is going to be out, and I don't trust um, Kirk Cousins. So I'm going to go with um Pittsburgh and under in this one. All right. I'm also going to take – I'm going to take Pittsburgh in the over. Um, I have no faith in Minnesota's defense. If you can give up that many points to the Lions, Pittsburgh will probably score 45 points on you. Najee Harris is healthy. Um, it's not James Washington. It's Deontay Johnson. Number one receiver for Pittsburgh. I feel bad for Juju Smith-Schuster because he was on a one-year contract. So I hope he gets paid next year, but probably won't be by Pittsburgh. Um, he needs I to go do some TikTok somewhere. He might be on the Jets, so who knows? So don't down him too much. Now nah, he already got a number two in Corey Davis, so we need to draft a number one. So we That's don't need true. another one. And he's shut down for the year, too, which leads into the next game. But I'm going to take Pittsburgh, and I'm going to take the three points. I think Minnesota's cooked without, uh, without Dalvin Cook. Madison is all right, but Pittsburgh defense was actually healthy, and they played pretty well last week. They got a couple of picks against Lamar, forced them into some bad picks, made them make some bad decisions. And, yeah, I think they're going to continue that with Kirk Cousins, who continually makes bad decisions on a week-to-week basis. He's the most up-and-down quarterback I've seen all year. So, go ahead, Malik. Alvin Cook is um, did practice in a limited on a limited basis on Wednesday. The expectation is that he will eventually that he they may trend he may be trending back to um, uh, getting on the getting on the court getting on the floor. Um, and so maybe he's on the maybe he's out on the field on Sunday. I think that trends. I mean on, on Thursday. Um, but I, I would I would lean towards him not uh, being able to make the game. And if he's not making the game, then you're probably going to have to look at Pittsburgh. Their defense is still leading uh, for them and still doing still doing what it what it what it typically does, and that's you know keep games close and keep games keep games at a respectable margin. Um, I think Pittsburgh can win this game outright, and I would actually take Pittsburgh on the money line here since they're since they're the dog on this situation. They're the better team. They're playing better at this point, and even though I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger one bit. Uh, I trust him more in a big game situation than I do Kirk Cousins, who still isn't a very good quarterback um, in in you know prime time situations, and has 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 a record of two to now two twenty six and one in games where he enters uh, the fourth quarter uh, losing. So um, it pretty much means if Pittsburgh has the lead going into the third quarter, 
they're going to win the game because Kirk Cousins can't can't bring teams back. So uh, stick with uh, Pittsburgh. We'll sweep this one, and um, I will take the points on this one. Uh, say, and, I'll, and I'll go the under as well. Did you say two twenty six and one? Yeah, that's his record when when losing by uh, when losing at at the end of the third quarter. Good God. Okay. I'd also like to point out I'm taking the over Minnesota. 58% of the games Minnesota has played in have gone over. And Pittsburgh is kind of right in the middle there. And Oh, no, I take that back. Pittsburgh is the over-unders on Pittsburgh are only 36% of the time. So only a third of their games have ended up going over. But as bad as Minnesota's playing, I think Pittsburgh will probably run up the score. Najee Harris will get a bunch of touches. And next up, we have Anthony's New Jersey Jets at home against the New Orleans Saints. They got to be New Jersey Jets because they play in New Jersey. No, they, they represent losing. New York. Since when? In New York. They 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 represent New York. Since I don't remember forever. that. Since the decal on the it sees the decal on the helmets. It says New, New York. York. You said that real. I thought it said Jets. <laughs> well, it I, says New York. It well, it's still too. it's still New York though. It has the little NY in there. In the in the mm. circle, you can see it on my back of my screen. If you was actually, if y'all guys could see it, if there are people at home can see it, but if you, it if says you say NY. So. Anyways, the Jets are getting five and a half points as a home underdog, and the over under is the oh second lowest of the week at forty two and a half. So they're expecting the Saints to come in to MetLife Field and beat y'all by a touchdown or two field goals. Who do you got, Ant? Well, both, um, I believe um, Alvin Kamara and he'll be back this week. Of course, they have to come back this week against the Jets. And then this is going to be um, week three of the Zach Wilson rebu- newly rebuild under playing under this, um, the offense. I don't know about my defense as I rattle off to you guys how that's going to happen. You know, it might be what happened to the Bills on Monday. Well, Alvin Kamara <laughs> just spread all over them. So I'm just going to have to, unfortunately, I, this is the second week in a row. I'm going to have to pick against my team. So I'm going to have to take, take the Saints in the under in this one. I'll say this, um, because the Saints have a COVID outbreak with Mark Ingram, Cam Jordan, and who else? Oh, their tight end. Uh, yeah, well, their backup tight end, so y'all should be all right. Their kicker is hurt, who's Will Lutz, so he's not going to be playing. So you have oh, that great. going for you. Yes, we, um, we're even in kickers. Michael Thomas is not going to play. Hopefully he could be the future Jets number one. Uh, yeah, they're tight end Troutman Adam Troutman is probably not going to play both of their defensive ends are hurt and out unlikely to play so they have no pass rush Marcus Davenport is questionable Alvin Kamara is probable so basically if the Jets can just stop one guy which is Alvin Kamara they can probably cover this game and because it's at home and because Taysom Hill is still the quarterback I have faith that the Jets can stop a strong Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara I don't think they win the game but if the Jets don't cover this game I'd be shocked so getting five and a half points, much like I took the Lions last week, I just don't trust Taysom Hill. Sorry. Zach Wilson's still a better quarterback than him. The fan, of me, take- wants to pick, the fan of me wants to pick the Jets in there over, but, you know. I'm going to take the five and a half, and I'm going to take the under because I think there's going to be some – I'm going to take the over, actually. I think the Saints defense is going to be that bad, and I'm going to take the Jets to cover. Yeah. Go ahead, Malik. The Saints have one of the best run defenses in the NFL. That's still the case, um, despite all of the injuries that they've had on their team. Um, the good thing is the Jets don't really run that much. So it's supposed it, to be a run first team, not, too. That's a it's not run. really going to be a problem for them to uh, avoid 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 that pitfall. Um, but the one thing that we do know that's, that's pretty evident thus far is um, 
that Taysom Hill can't throw. He still he can't throw the football. He's just not a good. He's not good at passing the football, and thus you know, this. You know, if if for whatever reason he needs to throw the ball, that's why. I mean, I, I'm praying that Alvin Kamara does come back because that just allows him to just throw the ball to Alvin Kamara. You know, seven times in the game or whatever, and and uh, so like he doesn't 15. have to worry about you know. Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about pushing the ball any further down the field than like you know, you know maybe seven or eight yards. Maybe they still uh, could pull. He could pull uh, a Mac Jones. Maybe, yeah, maybe they steal a page out of the playbook of uh, the Pats and just throw the ball like five times. Yeah, I mean that that that's Try how you that that, that's to me that's how you win with Taysom Hill because I mean I watched I watched you know the entirety of that game against Dallas last week and I watched him short arm passes overthrow guys you know anything that any if it required any any touch whatsoever he couldn't do it. Um, and so unless he's gotten, you know, progressively better over the course of the last, you know, the last, you know, seven to 10 days, um, which I don't expect, um, I don't think that this game stays. I don't think this, I don't think that, that, that New Orleans is able to, you know, crush the Jets uh, on the road and, and you know, hold it, hold for it. So I'm going to take the Jets as well um, with the five and a half. I just like the number of points being given here. So I'm going to take the Jets and I'm going to take the under on this one. Well, I like to say I just feel weird and, and Jets dirty inside. Is healthy. I just feel weird and dirty inside. Did, did you just Pause. Did you just say you just you just you just said they they they're healthy? They're not healthy. The defense, the defense is the, the defense is not healthy. We miss a lot of players. CJ mostly played last week. Oh, so he's just the defense. If he's there, it's it, we are healthy. Did Quinn Williams play last week? Yes. Okay. But did Marcus May play last week? I don't know who that is. You don't know who Marcus May is. Now nah, I'm messing with you. That's y'all safety. <laughs> But you know what you don't have to worry about with your safety? You don't have to worry about your safeties being healthy because Taysom Hill is the opposing quarterback. Our two pass rushers are not healthy and and not playing. They haven't been playing all year. You don't need a pass rush with a guy who can't throw. You just need to to guard the flats, which is what CJ mostly can do. And you need to make sure Alvin Kamara doesn't hit too many 60-yard runs on y'all. That's it. I feel bad as the Jet fan here not picking my team and then two non-Jet fans picking my team here. They're getting I mean, five and a half points at <laughs> yeah. home. It's just a bet. This is just a betting in me. I'm not picking them because I like Hill and the Saints. The Jets found a way to beat Derrick Henry at home. And you telling me they can't stop Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill from lighting them up? Yeah, I think they could do that. I think this is the same team, right? The same team hey. week four that won that game or week so five. Could- See now, also with the sparks, the sparkling flies of the of the Jets fan in me, I might change my pick before the show is over. I don't think what I'm saying is like insane. It's not like the Saints no, are on fire right now. They're literally going in the wrong direction. They've lost five straight. So they lost five yeah. straight games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Thank I'm gonna have to change my. I'm gonna have to change my pick now. I'm glad I was able to convince you, but don't stay with your uh, stay with your New Orleans pick. Let's see how that no, works no. out for you. No, I'm and I'm going to take I'm taking the Jets in the over, and I'm taking that as my my first lock of the week. Wait, I, have <laughs> I have to change that now. You know, he <laughs> need locked it in. He locked, locked it in. Love it. I'm going. I'm going to go against my eight ball. You know, my my eight ball um pick. Oh, speaking of, I just wanted to go over our records last week. Since I finally had a good week again, I need to bring. This oh, oh, now you want to I talk? I love how he brings it. He like he likes to say this shit. When he has a good week, then we have to talk about the records last week. But when when whenever when everybody else has a good week and he has a shit week, no, no, yeah, you got, you got no mention of it. Yeah, Malik no and it. Malik and Anthony both beat me the previous two weeks. Actually, no, only Malik did. Malik wow. went seven and seven. Malik went eight and seven. Anthony went seven and eight. I went six and nine. And the week eleven, I went five and nine. And went four and ten. Wait, wait, wait! I, I went seven so, and eight, and you went six and nine, right? Yeah. I so what's what, what, what is it? What is a better record? Seven and eight or six and nine? 
seven and eight. Yeah, so and, I, I and, beat and you. Malik, yeah. And Malik won the past two weeks. Yeah, but I actually, beat you Malik week. won the past three weeks actually with five, seven, and eight wins. So you was just like in last place, right? Yes. Actually, no, I was in the middle, and then I came yeah. back this week and put the beat him down on y'all, going eleven and three. Anthony oh, oh. Anthony had a very respectable nine and five, <laughs> and Malik went four and ten. Uh, so you got tripped into the lucky charms and wanted to get in there. No, I took week. a lot of, I, I, I legitimately, I live, honestly, I took a lot of chances last week um, on some, on some picks. I cu- picked a couple of uh, road underdogs that uh, just wound up not, not, uh, not coming through. That well, was fine. And I apparently am a guru. So it is what it is. Yeah. You just tripped in some lucky charms and got into that last week. Anyway, hey, next game. Luckily Irish, you know, yes. I have one sixteenth Irish. Oh, a broken, you know, like they'd like to say a broken clock is only um, right twice or something like that. But anyway. All right. Well, I got you to change to the Jets, so it must be right more than once. Uh, I, it's my fandom of me. Anyway, next. And I, I was the only one who took the Lions. I'd like to point that out to all of our listeners. Getting seven points at home. Like I said, a broken clock. <laughs> next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. We're coming off a bye week. The Carolina Panthers are laying two and a half to Atlanta. The over-under is the same, 42 and a half. This is a battle of two five-win teams who both need this badly in order to actually possibly make the playoffs. I don't know how likely it is that either of them do, but I'm going to go. F- actually, Ann, you can go first on this one if you want. All right. For this one, is uh, what I was thinking about is Cam done for, you know, as far as his career as he's falling down uh, or if he's just adjusting to the offense. I think it maybe we have to still see on it. He might be just adjusting to the offense and see what happens there. He doesn't have um, McAfee right now. He actually has a, a normal running back. See what he does. I, I think he would do better than Sam Darnold. This is going to be versus um Patterson. Pitt and uh, quite Matty Ice, the, you know, the, whatever, statue of a quarterback. But anyway, I want to take Carolina in this one. I'm going to take Carolina in the, on the over. All right. And I will be taking Atlanta because I've just been disappointed by Carolina's defense at home. It's not that I think that Carolina's defense is bad. They've just been so bad over the past couple of weeks. And Atlanta has been able to score in every team that they've played. Um, Atlanta gives games away. Carolina gives games away. But without McCaffrey, they've really been bad. Chubba Hubbard is pretty good, who's a rookie running back out of Oklahoma State. But Kyle Pitts is amazing. Um, Russell Gage has been getting it done enough. Both of these defenses are pretty bad. I'm just going to give it to the team that's just been more consistent. I think Atlanta's going to steal a win over Carolina. I'd like to see Carolina win, but I'm going to take Atlanta getting the two and a half. Get in. I also like to point out that um the offensive coordinator um got fired this weekend this week and um Matt Rule is gonna, is basically on the hot seat right now so yeah I can see those players maybe fired up you know to win win one for the Gipper. Well, Matt Rule has been giving Cam a lot of praise, so I know he likes him, and he's definitely gonna give him a better chance to win whoever else he has. So he's sticking with him. Go ahead, Malik. Uh, I don't think Rule is technically on the hot seat he's only in his second year and he had a he had a decent year last year and and they've run into a lot of issues this year um that they probably didn't foresee one of which being you know the instability of their quarterback position when they you know when they select when they you know uh elected to go after sam darnold um and and get him away from your jets and so um but uh, I'll pick Carolina here. Carolina's coming off of their bye, um, so they should be a little bit. They should be at the very least a little bit healthier. Even though obviously Christian McCaffrey's not playing, he's out for the rest of the season uh, with his injury. Chuba Hubbard comes back. 
Um, Amir Abdullah is back in the pass catching down, uh, down role. So you have pretty much two guys that can do, you know, from, they can reasonably replicate what Christian McCaffrey is capable of doing, um, you know, just to a, to a smaller degree for Cam Newton. Um, and then you got to expect, you know, obviously Cam coming back over those last three weeks, um, getting more acclimated with the offense and what's, what's being called there and playing against an Atlanta team that's whose defense is not very, has not been very good. Um, Atlanta just lost last their last game uh, two weeks. I'm sorry. Carolina just lost their last game two weeks ago against uh, the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so they're coming off of uh, you know, they're on a two game losing streak and Atlanta just lost by 13 to Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. So expect, uh, expect them to be, you know, on the road, expect them to, um, to be losing this game as well. And it's a two and a half point spread. So it doesn't feel like, it feels like, you know, Vegas feels like these two teams are relatively close, close to one another. And they're giving the Carolina the two and a half by, by virtue of being home. So in this situation, I just take the home team and, and, and roll with that. And I'll go with the over here at, at 42 and a half. I'll go with the over to play. Um, as, as they said, neither defense is really that scary. So both teams should be able to get some points up. Yeah. Good point. Next up, we got Seattle at Houston. Houston is terrible. Seattle is rising. Seattle is going to Houston. Seattle is a seven and a half point favorite on the road. This is the lowest over under of the week at 40 and a half. Um, I guess they have no faith that Houston will score any points. They still, their best running back, I think, is the former running back for the Patriots last year. I keep forgetting his name. And David Johnson is still somehow on the Houston. Oh, Burkhead. Burkhead, Rex Burkhead. Thank you. Rex Burkhead and David Johnson are the two running backs for Houston. And yeah, they have no running game. Tyrod Taylor is a running game. Seattle's defense is actually good enough to stop them. So I'm going to go ahead. And even though I would love to take a home underdog, I'm going to take Seattle on the road as a favorite. And I'm going to lay those seven and a half points. I'm going to take the over. I think it just barely makes it. Actually, no, I'm going to take the under. I don't think Houston scores at all. This game could be, I'm going to say 21 to three, 21, 10 for Seattle. Go ahead, Ant. Well, no more Jamal Adams. He's gone for the year. Just to let you know, shout outs to him. You know, um, he wasn't really a factor anyway in this team. Uh, Seattle doesn't use him like Greg Williams used to. But anyway, on the other side, you got the true worst NFL team in the in the um, Houston, Texas. This this week, I don't know if y'all heard about this or actually today they cut Zach Cunningham, they one of the linebackers because of team disciplinary reasons. Last week it was um they benched Justin Reed for almost the same exact thing, and I I wouldn't be surprised that this year David Cully's on basically one and done in, in this um team. But anyway, I'm going to take, go with the same thing. I'm going to go with Seattle in the under in this one. I don't respect that team at all. All right, Malik, you don't respect Houston. No, I don't respect Houston. Wow. But I I respect Seattle for getting a nice draft pick to us. But thank you. Well, they're going to be a little bit worse because they're going to win this one. Yeah, Seattle showed Seattle showed me something last week uh, in in their victory. Um, They showed a little some fortitude, you know, with uh, facing facing against an opponent that uh, they, you know, everybody believed that they should have lost to. And, you know, Russell Wilson was able to, you know, string some things together and they were actually able to get a victory. Um, you know, it was against San Francisco who they've had, you know, who he's you know, customarily beaten pretty well over the course of his career, but the team was trending in such a, such a bad direction. People just did not expect them to, uh, a lot of people didn't expect them to, you know, to write the ship 
against a good San Francisco defense, and they did that. Uh, Houston's defense is not is not is not on San Francisco's level. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is as questionable uh, with a wrist injury right now, so he may or may not be able to play in this game. Um, and so even if he's even if he's able to play, expect uh, Seattle to be able to you know pretty much move the ball at will. Um, and, and make enough plays to, to, to win, win by two, win by at least two scores. So I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle and the under here as well. All right. Next up, we have a big matchup implications for the playoffs. We have Las Vegas at Kansas city. Las Vegas is right behind KC as are the other rest. Oh, wait, I take that back. Las Vegas is still in the playoff hunt. Kansas city is leading that division at eight and four. The only team ahead of them being the Patriots. Kansas City is eight and a half point home favorites against Vegas. And the over under on this is the, one of the second highest of the week at 47 and a half. I'm going to take Las Vegas to cover the spread. I do believe they'll lose, but I do believe they will cover. Um, Kansas City is good and they have gotten back on the right track, trending in the right direction towards the end of the season, division leaders. And they may even be able to get the first overall seed and get that by, which they probably need to get all of their running backs healthy. Clyde Hilaire Edwards is back. Um, there has been some, you know, I'd say Tariq Hill has fallen off a little bit in terms of what he's been able to do for them. But Travis Kelsey is getting it done. I think Darren Waller is still not playing. Um, I don't know who the starting running back for Las Vegas is going to be. I believe Josh Jacobs is out. I know Kennedy Drake had a season-ending injury last week with his ankle, which got broken. But I still think somehow, some way, Vegas is going to be able to cover this spread. Their defense steps up in division games and they that's how they've been able to remain competitive throughout the year. Go ahead, Malik. Um, so yeah, like you said, Kenyon, Kenyon Drake's out for the season. Josh Jacobs is, is not listed right now as right as of right now, he's not listed on the injury report. So it looks like he's healthy and he's going to play. Um, the interesting thing about uh, the, the, the Raiders in this situation is that, you know, we've seen them be, be, you know, relatively up and down over the course of the year. But one thing that we do know is the KC's got a pretty good defense and has been playing some pretty good defense over the, over the course of the last few weeks. And so if you, if you want to you know, trust in something, trust in the fact that KC's defense is playing lights out football and that the uh, offense can eventually uh, make some things happen, especially against in a Las Vegas team that doesn't really give them much, uh, you know, much competition on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to take I'm going to take Casey to cover this one. I also think it's going to be very interesting because I think Casey needs needs to, you know, win this game to um, again they, they they need to like you said Ace they need to try to fight for that number one number one overall seed and keep him having to go to New England um, at, at some point in time during the playoffs. But their def- their their division is really tight. They need to win this game. They need to win this game in a pretty hand- pretty handedly because they need to you know create some separation between them and the Chargers and the Raiders, um, and the Broncos really uh, in that division. So I definitely feel like KC should win this game. Should win this game pretty handily and should should uh, be able to take out the eight and a half points here. With the Raiders losing last week to Washington at home, which was kind of a shock, I think they're going to step up if they actually want to save their season. Go ahead, Ant. Not really is that a shock, but I'll, I'll explain about the Washington thing later. But as far as for um, KC, I believe um, they tight end is actually playing that right now, correct? Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah, Kelsey's playing. Well, anyway, he's back. They, Kaylon Drake is going to be out, just to let everybody know on that one. But just like you guys already covered it, KC's defense is actually getting better. Hopefully the offense pick up. But they definitely need to get – they need to avoid New England as much as possible when it, before the playoffs. You know, to the end of the playoffs, where the teams can actually get back to 
actually fighting full fighting straight from the offense and defense by the time they face against the Patriots. So they, this is a must-win type of game for them. So I'm going to take Casey on this one as well. But I'm taking Casey on the under. All right. Next up, we got Baltimore at Cleveland. Both of these teams, Cleveland is coming off of a bye last week, and Baltimore is coming off of a loss at Pittsburgh on Sunday night. I'm sorry, not Sunday night. Uh, One-point loss to Pittsburgh. Um, I still don't see how Kansas City, not Kansas City, I still don't see how Cleveland is going to be getting better. Cleveland is two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I'm going to take those points, and I'm going to take Baltimore. I still believe that they're the best team in this division. Um, Lamar is going to right some wrongs and he is going to be able to get over the hump against the team. They beat them earlier in the year in Baltimore. And I think they're going to beat them in Cleveland. Normally I would go for the split, but I believe with two points, being as they lost by one point last week, I think they will be able to cover and I'm going to take the under on this one. Go ahead, Ant. I'm going the opposite. I'm taking Baltimore in the over in this one. I think they're going to beat the snot out of the, um, the Browns. I don't trust Baker Mayfield at all. And that, I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that. Baltimore is a better team. Baltimore and over. Run that. Oh, and I forgot to mention Seattle is my first lock of the week. The this two games ago, Seattle's my first lock of the week. Um, go ahead, Malik. Um, it's going to be Baltimore. It's going to be a bit of a sweep sweep on this one. I think uh, Cleveland Cleveland's favorite because Cleveland's healthier at this point. They're they're I mean obviously anybody's healthier than the Baltimore Ravens right now. The Ravens are the least healthiest team in the entire in the entire NFL. Um, and they just, they just lost, um, was it, they, who did they just lose, um, in the, in, the, in the Marlon Humphrey, uh, in the, in the game. Um, and so that's another huge loss for the huge loss for this team, you know, but the reality of the situation is Lamar Jackson is pissed off and he, he really wants to get this monkey off his back and he really wants to start playing, um, playing better football and, and, and doing, doing better things with the football, making better decisions with the football. And I think he's going to do that um, here. I, you know, I hope that he, I'm hoping he's hoping he's able to write the ship and do that against, uh, against Cleveland. Um, interesting thing here is that, you know, Nick Chubb will be back. Um, Cleveland's coming off of their buy. So they had, they, again, they should be a little bit fresher. They should be a little bit better, better tuned and ready to, you know, to take on, to take on the Ravens. Um, the only reason I'm leaning the Ravens here is because of the game that they lost last week against uh, Pittsburgh, and I just expect them to bounce back. So I'm going to take the Ravens and, and go with the under on this one. Uh, the game, game should stay relatively close uh, with both teams uh, preferring to run the football uh, over passing it 35, 40 times to, uh, to to take big leads. So go ahead and take Baltimore in the under. I'm taking Baltimore as well. I don't. I think Ant thought I was going to take Cleveland, but I am taking Baltimore. No, no, that's just the. I said the opposite because you take y'all two are taking the under, but I'm taking the over. Uh, the main reason why I'm taking the under is because Cleveland still has no receivers, um, and he doesn't throw the ball to them. So it's not that the one thing that Baltimore is not great at is their pass defense, and the one thing that they're not going to do is pass the ball unless that's what they were working on all off week. No, that's I why imagine, I think they're going to be fired on because there's no reason to anyway. I imagine guys were going out to Vegas and relaxing last week after 13 straight weeks of football. So that's just me. I can't imagine they was getting some practices in, in Cleveland as opposed to going somewhere warm when they could. Um, next up, we got Dallas at the Washington football team. Dallas is four-point favorites on the road. The over-under is 47 and a half. And Washington stole a victory last week in Vegas, and I think they're definitely going to lose this one. Dallas's defense is healthy or as healthy as they're going to be right now. They're moving in the right direction. They can put up a lot of points, and Washington cannot score with them. I'm going to take Dallas as my second lock of the week, and they are, I'll lay those four points, and I'm going to take the over on this one. Go ahead, Ant. 
this time I'm definitely really against um um the opposite on you. I'm gonna take the Washington football team, a team that because this is the first time I've ever taken them. I'm gonna take Washington football team in this um thing. This is one thing I kind of heard ever since um basically I give credit to where credit's due on ESPN radio. I basically heard this um since week ten. Washington football team has the um is the team that has the um most um time of possession out of any team in the NFL. So I can yeah. see them actually holding Dallas back from getting their offense on the field and actually quite keeping that game down. So I'm going to just, just on that alone, I just want to experiment over here. I want to take Washington football, and I'm taking the under in this one, and I'm taking this as a, my second lock of the week. All right. Well, C.D. Lamb and uh, Mark Cooper are slated to play along with Ezekiel Elliott, just so you know. Yes, and but we'll... how long would they be playing? I don't know, but they're healthy. Ahead, yeah, they'll be out. They'll be out there playing. Uh, Washington's Washington um, lost a really, really important part of their offense. Logan Thomas is going to be out for the season. He's been a big, uh, big benefactor uh, from uh, Taylor Heineke's passes, and so expect expect them to expect their their, their offense to take a bit of a blow because of that. I still think the best receiver on 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 both sides may very well be Terry McLaurin, even though he's not. Uh, he doesn't have the best quarterback play. Dallas has the best quarterback in this situation and should win this should win this game pretty pretty handily. Um, I do think that Washington is going to be able to keep the game close. So I'm actually going to pick Washington to. I'm gonna, I want to take the points on this one. I'm going to take Washington. I think Dallas will win, but I think it'll be it'll be a, a, a quick uh, end of the end of the game type of field goal type of score type of score that gives them the victory. And so the four points at four points, I want to take Washington and the points. Um, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna lock this in. I'm gonna get to my locks in a little bit, but I'm not gonna lock this one in because I, I do think that Dallas is perfectly capable of winning it by a touchdown. I just don't think it'll happen in this one. All right. Next up, we have Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville is getting eight and a half points on the road. The over under on this is forty three and a half, and I'm going to take the under. Um, Jacksonville getting eight and a half is very favorable, so I'm taking Jacksonville. I don't love this game, but I like the fact that Jacksonville's getting so many points. And I just don't see Tennessee right now being able to score a ton of points. I believe um, Julio Jones is coming back. A.J. Brown is not. Yes. So they have one of their receivers, and Donta Freeman is still a starting running back for Tennessee. And Jacksonville is as good as they're going to be all season. I don't think they can win this game, but I definitely don't think they're going to get blown out. So give me Jacksonville to lose by a touchdown and cover. Go ahead, Ant. I'm going to um, take – Tennessee in this one. And I'm gonna take Tennessee and the over. I don't believe in Jacksonville right now until the coach actually proves it for me. And I think Tennessee is actually going to be a better team in this matchup. This is going to be a division matchup, but I can see Tennessee pulling this off. But I'm gonna take Tennessee in the over. This is going to be a good, a good scoring game too, since they this, definitely know each other. This also has playoff implications if Tennessee actually ends up losing this one because they're eight and four right now. So that could not keep them out of it, but keep them from winning that division. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance that Tennessee loses the game. I just wonder if wonder if the the, the point spread is high enough. And what I saw last week from Jacksonville playing against um, a t- playing against a better team that has a better roster than the LA Rams, um, they were they were only able to muster up seven points. But more importantly than that, they weren't able to actually get the offense into into the into the red zone uh, more than the one time when they scored the touchdown. Trevor Lawrence still looks like very much like a rookie quarterback trying to figure out the the ropes. 
And Urban Meyer still looks very much like a rookie head coach in the NFL trying to figure out how to win, how to win games at this level. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee. Um, they're the veteran team. They're the healthier. They're the, they're the better team overall. They're they're going to be at home and they know that this game is really important, for, you know, like Anthony said, um, to their playoff hopes. So I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee and I'll take the under on this one because I feel like because uh, Jacksonville wasn't able to score any points against L.A., uh, even though they are a better defense than Tennessee, I still expect them to struggle scoring points in this one. So I'm going to take Tennessee in the under. All right. Next up, we have the New York football giants at the L.A. Chargers. The Chargers were able to steal a win last week at Cincinnati, which I had as one of my locks of the week, which I was very sure about and turned out to be not so sure by the end of that score with 41-22. Um, the Giants, I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play. I'm still not sure about that. That does affect the spread because it's 10.5 points right now. So if he ends up playing, expect that spread to shrink. So if you think Jones is going to end up being healthy, I would take that 10.5 points and take the Giants, but I do not. And I think ten. I think, ah, I think the Chargers is going to be able to blow them out the same way they beat Cincinnati, who's actually a, a better team and a better quarterback and a better coach team, in my opinion. So being as the Chargers are at home and the Giants got to go from east to west, I'm going to take the Chargers to blow out the Giants. I'm going to take the over on this one. This is probably the easiest over pick all week. And I'm going to put this in as my third lock of the week with the Chargers at 10 and a half points. I'm going to lay the big spread. It worked last week with the Rams, and it's going to work again this week with the Chargers. Go ahead, Ann. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'm making this as my lock as the Chargers as the, in the over in this one. I would not pick the Giants ever with quite Danny drops in there or Danny drops out of there against the Chargers. I'm taking they're a better team. This is a East Coast going to a West Coast team, just a West Coast side. You just like you pointed out. And we always see how that happens. It's very hard for a team to actually win when they got to change time zones on this one. Give me the Chargers in the over, and this is going to be my third lock of the week. All right, Malik. Yeah, this is going to be my first lock of the week. Uh, I'll take the Chargers as well. Um, unfortunately, the Giants just don't have just don't have anything. If they don't have they don't they don't have Daniel Jones. Um, Saquon Barkley doesn't look like he's back yet. Um, may need another. He may need another offseason to to fully come back. They say usually the second year the second year back after an ACL injury is the one where the player actually winds up getting getting themselves really you know back to what they used to be. So hopefully that's that's going to be the case for Saquon in uh, next season. But this season right now, he's looking like he's still looking like a shell of himself, still not ready to you know explode and, and, and take over games the way he, the way he he needs to. And this offense is still predicated on his ability to run the run, run the football and their ability to control, control to do some ball control and not force their quarterbacks, Daniel Jones. Or uh, or his backup to have to make plays for them when they when they're in that situation they have problems. The other thing is just another another sad occurrence that uh, Kenny Galladay is also going to be. It looks like he's going to be out again. Came back for about a week, got hurt again, hurt his ribs, I believe, and now he's going to be out again. So that's just another blow, another big blow for the uh, for the Giants' offense. Uh, so go ahead and take the Chargers. I'm going to lock this in as well, uh, expecting the Chargers to continue to do what they do. Uh, go in, play inferior teams, beat 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 up on fair inferior teams, and prepare themselves for when they have to play against the big boys in the AFC. So, um, yeah, take take the Chargers and the over as well on this one. All right. Next up, we have Malik's Detroit Lions going to the Denver Broncos. Both of these teams actually have pretty bad pass defenses. And to being as the Lions won last week, I'm going to let Malik go first on this one. Because because they won. <laughs> yes, because they finally won again. Well, he typically lets me go first whenever the line, whenever the lines are the subject of subject of matter. But, um, 
Yeah, I think I think one thing that we've seen over the, over the course of the last couple of weeks um, is that Detroit will play hard and they will keep the games close. Um, they're going to run the football uh, with Jamal Williams, who surprisingly um, was uh, there was a stat during the game during, that was mentioned during the game last uh, last week. Uh, he had gone something like 700 or 700 plus touches without a fumble uh, before he fumbled, um, I believe, two weeks ago. Um, so he, you know, he he is like one of the more impressive numbers uh, with respect to, you know, his ability to hold on to the football, uh, which is important, you know, because Detroit you know, has had issues with, um, you know, different different players, just different, you know, different people making mistakes over the course of the season. Um, and so I just want to give a shout out to shout out to him for that stat. I didn't, I didn't realize that was a thing for him. Um, but that said, um, I think this line is just a little bit too large. Uh, Detroit can cover this um, and, and keep this game close. And neither team is really going to be uh, looking to, you know, um, you know, get the game up to the thirties. If that, if it get, if it goes there, it'll be because somebody made somebody, there were some big mistakes made some defense, you know, some really, really big uh, defensive plays or special teams plays that came through and, and, and kicked and kicked the doors open. But I think this game stays relatively close, you know, uh, with Denver or Detroit winning from one side to the other. So I'm going to take Detroit to cover the seven and a half points. I like, I like getting the points on this one. Uh, I'd like to point out one thing. I'd like to mm-hmm. give a shout out to Clay Whistling too. Um, Jamal Williams, you know, he needs to do the same exact. He needs to do his thing this week so I can beat Ace in fantasy football because I picked him up. He's <laughs> my starting running back. Right now. He needs to do his thing this week. Gonna happen, my man. But, but oh, you know, and I'll, go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna make my pick, but you can go ahead. No, and I'll say, and I'll say, this is the first time. This is the first time this season I'm doing this. I'm putting in Detroit as my as my second lock of the week. Oh wow. wow. Never wow. done. I haven't done this all season. Lines we need one of those party things like half, so. we need one of those little party things that go in the background, like one of those Pee Wee Herman type of things, like you said, the word of the day type of shit. <laughs> wow. well, but, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just gonna say the lines. I, I, I can make my pick because I I never yeah. see you went last. So Why not? I just, wanted, I just wanted to make you last this, just for this one. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the lines, they had quite, instead of a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, they had a miracle on Eight Mile Road last week. Because that was an awesome touchdown. I was celebrating myself on that one. And I'm not even a Lions fan. But, you know, this week, could they do two kneecaps in a row? I don't know. But I'm going to pick, I'm going to have to pick Denver. I'm sorry, Malik. I'm going to have to pick Denver and pick the under in this one. Hopefully the Lions pull it off. But I can see them winning. I can see Denver winning this one. I'm going to pick them on the, on the under in this one. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ace. Melvin Gordon, the third, is questionable. Uh, Micah Kaiser. Uh, one of their best pass covering linebackers for Denver is questionable. Brian Callahan is questionable, and Michael Ohemudia is questionable. So they're still starting. Uh, Denver's two starting cornerbacks are questionable. Their starting running back is questionable. Their safety is out indefinitely, and their tackle is out hurt. So all of these injuries are within the past week. So I am picking the Lions because they're getting seven and a half points and the Lions are still as healthy as they're going to be right now. All the injuries for Denver are coming at the worst possible time. It's not that I think Denver is going to make a bunch of mistakes. It's that they don't believe very much in their offense and they have a defensive head coach. And he's probably going to end up getting fired because that team is getting sold. So he's coaching for his life right now. And the Lions are going to be playing looser than anybody has in a long time because they finally got their first win. So well, I'm not, I wouldn't put it past the Lions to actually be able to steal another victory, but getting seven and a half points, I like it. So I'm taking the Lions as well. Go ahead. Andy. I do. I, I still want to point out, this is going to be in Denver and that, that little out, the altitude thing does come in a factor sometimes in these, mm. in these games. 
So you just got to point that out. This is going to be outdoors. You're going to have to still deal with that. But anyway, that's the reason. That's one of the main um, factors into my pick picking Denver. Okay. I still disagree with you. So that's all right. We agree to disagree. Next game. San Francisco at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a one-point home favorite after San Francisco lost last week to Seattle in Seattle. Cincinnati is a favorite because Debo Samuel is still not going to play. Otherwise, they would be favored. Um, Their team is healthy. They just underperformed against the Chargers. That being said, the over-under on this is 48 and a half. San Francisco has a very good pass rush with the Bosa, with the better Bosa brother. Um, They may not be able to score as many points with just George Kittle. Their running back is pretty solid. Joe Mixon is pretty solid. San Francisco has a better defense. This is a tough game to pick, but I'm leaning towards Cincinnati because they are still at home. And as the home team, I think they're going to get back on track and right the ship and win this one. Um, This means a lot to both of these teams because whoever wins this gives them a big edge in being able to make the playoffs. San Francisco has seven wins. Cincinnati has seven wins. Both of these teams need this game. I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take Cincinnati. Yeah, that. Uh, I'm, I was going back and forth all the way even up to the, right now in this. On my paper, I got Cincinnati on the under. In my head, I got San Francisco on the under in this one because they got Kittle on the other side. But I don't believe in San Francisco's quarterback. I think he'll be traded next year, and he'll be traded maybe to the Dolphins or something like that. See what happens. Hopefully not in the, maybe my Maybe he'll be a Jet. No, he will not be. We got two, we got a quarterback there. We don't need that. He might take field spot, but we don't need a backup. Take. We already got a backup. His name is Mike White. But anyway, we're not talking about the Jets right now. We're talking about Cincinnati and the under, and that's what I'm going to be taking. I want to go that way. All right, Malik. Yeah, not much to say here, really. It's um, it's, expect Cincinnati to uh, to come back and. Um, and and you know, right right the wrong. The only thing I'll say for Cincinnati that was mentioned right before game time uh, against the Chargers last week um, that I probably should have taken taken more uh, more heed more heed to was um, their starting tackles, um, former Detroit Lion Riley Riley Reef and uh, Tyler Shelvin um, were both out of that game uh, as well as as well as uh, so, so they were they were missing a lot of the the punch up front that uh, helped them and helped Joe Mixon to um, have a, you know, to have the type of season that he was having uh, thus far this season, put a lot of pressure on to um, Joe Burrow. And uh, also, I believe he hurt his finger. He actually dislocated his pinky finger during the game as well, which uh, affected his, his ability to throw. So if that's still, if that's still hurting him, then maybe San Francisco has more of a chance to keep this game close and then, and maybe even squeak out a win uh, on the road, but I think just just given to what's what happened last week against uh, against the Chargers, Cincinnati wants to win this game. wants to wants to continue to stay uh, stay ahead of ahead of the race in the uh, AFC North, uh, and and stay with stay with Baltimore as close as they possibly can. So I'm going to go ahead and take Cincinnati in the under on this one. All right, and Cincinnati's run defense is still in the top 15, so they're in the top half of the league when it comes to that. And they do have a little bit more of a diverse offense in San Francisco. And everybody, all of their receivers are healthy. So uh, Brandy Ayuk is still healthy, but Debo Samuel seems to be the engine that drives that offense. What's up, Ant? Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. You already finished with that? No, because I was going to say, you know who doesn't have a good run defense? Who? The next team that we're about to talk about, the Buffalo Bills. Boodle <laughs> 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 boom! Yes! Anyway... <laughs> Bills on to the next game. Go ahead, Ant. No, you're already on it. Bills at Tampa. <laughs> Tampa is a three-point favorite at home in Florida. And the over-under is 52 and a half, which shows you how these 
two defensive juggernauts plan to hold down each team? Well, that's what, what I'm just going to pick. Uh, Buffalo last week, you know, they got the stop beat out of them. If you want to say that, because, I mean, I know they didn't really lose by that much, but, you know, it was just like a royal beating just over and over again. Basically, the Patriots kept on saying, we're going to run this way, we're going to do the Madden play, and that was basically it. But Buffalo's back to playing against the type of team that they want a type of face, a normal, nice passing team as well, you know, that will pass a little bit. But, you know, Tampa Bay can run it too, and Tampa Bay might, of course, slip a little, replicate a little bit of what New England's game plan was. Not that much, but, you know, might start running down them and try to keep them keep the Bills one-dimensional. And so I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one, and I'm taking Tampa Bay in the under. Who knows? They might just win it by three, for all I know. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay in this one. All right. This is going to be my third lock of the week. It's going to be my third lock of the week. I am oh, actually, taking... this is my fourth. Sorry. This is my Your fourth. fourth. Yes. I'm taking Tampa at home. They have a better run game. Buffalo still has no run game, which is why they keep on losing these games. That's their main issue. They need to find a running back and stick with them. Their offensive line, after seeing last week, is actually pretty bad. The fact that the Patriots were able to stop them and were able to get a couple of sacks and hurries on Josh Allen kind of surprised me. And if they can do it, Tampa Bay, whose defensive line is actually much better, will damn sure be able to do it. Um, I think they'll win this game by a touchdown pretty easily. I'm still going to take the under on this because 52.5 is pretty high. Um, I think Malik is very right when it comes to Trey Davis White, who's the cornerback who's hurt for the Buffalo. And this is the game where it's going to matter because he's playing against top wide receivers and Godwin. And I can't remember his name right now, but it doesn't really make a difference. I'm taking Tampa and I'm locking this in as my best bet of the week. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, same thing. Uh, Tampa Bay, we're all locking this in. We're all locking in Tampa Bay and we're all locking in Tampa Bay as the, fourth, as, as the best bet as well. Um, this is just an interesting game because um, of what Buffalo has gone through already um, last week, going through going through the the loss that they had against New England. Everybody expected them to win that game. They were at home, uh, and New England came in there and, and just uh, and, and handled Fort and took 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 them out. Um, they also have another game against New England a week from now, so I'm sure they're looking ahead towards that game. But they need to get they need to get through this game first, and I don't think they will. Uh, Tim. Tim was playing on, on, you know, firing on all cylinders, doing exactly what, the, what it is that they need to do. And I just saw a statistic that um, the Buffalo Bills over the last three seasons are 19 and one when forcing multiple turnovers, which basically means that they need, they need at least one, if not two turnovers in order to really feel uh, confident about winning this game. And this is not the type of team with, um, with Leonard Fournette running the football, Tom Brady throwing the football and all those weapons on the outside. This is not the type of team to be looking to, you know, force turnovers, force a lot of turnovers against. You're going to need to play with them. You're going to need to stay with them. And uh, if Buffalo can't run the football um, because Tampa Bay's uh, run defense is pretty, is pretty stout up front. They're going to have trouble uh, moving the ball, moving the ball all over the field and, and keeping up with Tampa Bay's offense. So I'm going to go ahead and take, t- take Tampa. I think this three points is actually kind of low for me. I'm going to take Tampa and I'm going to go with the over. I just had to go back and change that. Um, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both on the COVID-19 list yep. for the Chargers. So um, the fact that the Giants are getting 10 and a half points on the road, the Giants are going to cover this game. They have nobody to throw the ball to. So I just had to go back and correct that. I'm going to take the Giants and I'm going to take those 10 and a half points. Um, yeah, I just wanted to get that on the record. Right so now. do you want to you want to get that off of your best bet? Because you have no, the Chargers right now as a best I'm gonna, bet. I'm going to take the Giants as the best bet. Okay. The fact that their top two wide receivers aren't going to play and even their third wide receiver is also out on the COVID-19 list, yeah, they got a problem. So they have nobody to play wide receiver. So I don't know who Justin Herbert is going to throw to, 
But if you're playing daily fantasy, I would pick up those guys and pick up the uh, tight end because he's still healthy. There that goes. What are you going to say, Ant? No, I was just going to say I'm still picking the Chargers. Next game. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Sunday night football with my Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. We're looking forward to handing them their fourth loss of the season and getting our fifth win of the season. Green Bay is at home, and they are 12-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. I'm going to take the under on this one because Justin Fields is going to play, folks. He is going to play. He was at practice. Looks like Allen Robinson is going to play. The Bears' running backs are healthy. Aaron Jones is still not healthy. Um, Alan Lazard is healthy for the Green Bay Packers. The Bears' defense is going to be healthy, and they're going up to a very cold and very windy Green Bay, which means they're not going to be able to throw the ball as much as they like to. So the Bears getting 12.5 points. That is my last lock of the week. I just think that's too many points for the Green Bay Packers to cover. It's not that I think they're going to lose, but I think a high-scoring game actually favors the Bears in this one. They're going to be able to get a pretty good pass rush. Roquan Smith is healthy. The secondary for the Bears has improved throughout the season, and the safeties are playing really well. Eddie Jackson is finally coming along, getting into form. Um, Green Bay Packers have some of the best corners in the league, but the Bears aren't going to be really relying on the pass this game. They're going to be running it and running it a lot. So give me the Bears to cover on the road. Go ahead, Ant. Well, to Justin Fields, actually um... – Learn what rookie quarterbacks gotta go through and stuff like that. I'm still gonna go with the ladder on this one. So it's Justin Fields is gonna be back. So is Aaron Rodgers' toe. I'm gonna go with the toe in the over. Give me Green Bay Packers. You gonna take old COVID toe? Yeah, take COVID toe in the over. All right, go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I still I still don't see um, Chicago scoring a lot of points in this one. And Green Bay's Green Bay's actually got a pretty good defense. So. I think I think Green Bay is gonna be gonna be a hard sell for me here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Green Bay in the under and I'm gonna lock them in as my fifth my fifth best bet of the week. Well, I don't see Green Bay actually. I mean, Chicago scoring a lot of points either. I see Green Bay picking off Justin Fields a couple of times and scoring a lot of points. You think so? Yeah, I, t- I, pick, I think so much so much that in the Malik's, I think no, your your fantasy t- um, group. I picked the Green Bay Packers to start this week. Wow. Well, did you look at the forecast for this week? I don't need to. All right. Well, I'm predicting a 17 to seven. I'm predicting a 17 to seven win by Green Bay. So that'll still give me the cover. And the forecast is partly cloudy with a high of 35 degrees. A whole high so, of 35. Yes. So I still go with Green Bay and over in this one. Because right. the toe, the toe will be picking off Justin Fields. If they make him run, it'll be a problem because a broken toe don't really heal like that unless you have surgery. But COVID toe does. Yeah, COVID toe. That is the most ridiculous thing ever. I like how you had to come out and be like, no, 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 I just broke it. Not, not, not completely normal. Just broke my foot. Anyways, uh, the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Monday night football game. This should be really good. The last Monday night football game was really great when it was a division rivalry. And this is kind of low-key turning into another division rivalry. The Rams at the Cardinals. Is really kind of getting exciting here. The Arizona Cardinals are home favorites. They're two and a half favorites. The over-under on this is 52 and a half. Kyler Murray is healthy. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is healthy. The only difference is Von Miller is finally playing well within that defense. Cooper Cup is playing great. And Ola Beckham Jr. is playing great. And Sony Michelle is actually coming along pretty well as their running back. Arizona does not have their starting running back. I don't believe he's going to be healthy enough to play this week. So that is the reason why I'm going to take the Rams and I'm going to take 
the two and a half points. And I believe I don't have any more best bets, but I do feel pretty confident about this Rams game. And I think the Rams are really going to come through on this one the same way I felt about that Pats game. They have a better coach. Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach, but he is not as good a coach as my man out there, Sean McVay in L.A. And the fact that they're both in the same time zone and this is not a very far trip for either team. I really think that L.A. is going to steal this victory and try to get back on top. I don't know if they can win the division, but this will help them uh, get into the playoffs much easier. Give me L.A. and I'll take those two and a half. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I'm taking the reverse on it. I'm taking Arizona. I'm taking Arizona under. This is going to be my last lock. I think it's my yeah. This is my last lock of the week. I believe in them a little bit more. They're trending a little bit more upwards. Well, Stafford and Co. is um, trending downwards. Give me Arizona in this one, and hopefully, I'm hoping that the Rams turn it around before playoff time and and make a good playoff push. But as of right now, give me Arizona and the under. All right, Malik. Yeah, the Rams are looking for some late, some payback here. Arizona beat them at their own in their own house uh, a few weeks few weeks back, so they're going to be looking for some payback on this one. Arizona had a pretty uh, soft landing from coming out of their bye week and the return of Kyler Murray and uh, and and um, DeAndre Hopkins by playing uh, Chicago last last wow. week. Um, yeah, it was a soft landing. I mean, look, I wow. say 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 what you will. It was a, it was a relatively soft landing. They had an injured bear, injured Bears defense that they had to go up against. They didn't have, they didn't have much uh, much true. stop in them there. So it yeah, was um, an easy win. This is going to be their tough. This is going to be that tough matchup that uh, that they were prepared for. Let's hope that our let's hope that Arizona is able to come out of this one unscathed. Um, but I think the Rams uh, hold for it. I want to take those two points as well that, that you're talking about, Ace. Um, Monday night football, big, big game, big stage, big performance. I think the one thing that's going to be really interesting is just seeing Matt Stafford again, playing on the big stage on, on the big performance. He, you know, legitimately has not had many of these opportunities. So uh, show, you know, seeing what he can do on Monday night against a team where, you know, literally the, 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 if they win this game, they're able to, to continue to move, move forward towards potentially uh, taking the division. And if they lose this game, it's almost, it's almost uh, completely uh, conceding it to Arizona and them looking at a wild card situation. So they need to win this game about as bad as, uh, about as bad as anybody can, uh, get a, yeah. can imagine here. And they need, then they, then they want to get this, uh, get this victory to uh, avenge a loss from earlier in the season. So I'm going to take the Rams and take the two points and I'm going to go over on this one. All right, that wraps up the games for this week for the NFL, and I'm going to throw in one more pick because the Army-Navy game is this week. Army is favored by 7.5 and, and is played in a neutral site. I believe they're playing on Saturday in Baltimore. I don't know if uh, President Joe is going to be in attendance, but I'm going to be taking the Army because Navy has been terrible this year, and if Army wins, I think they can actually qualify for a bowl game. Um, I think they're going to try to beat them after losing like 14 or seven years in a row, Army. They finally got a win last year. So I would take Army again. I know it's not a, not a lot of people bet on the service academies, but, you know, if you follow college. And you guys, if you get a chance to ever go to this game, I suggest you do because it's really a lot of fun. And, you know, it's a classic game. Games are going on for like 130 years. And you got any shout outs? Yeah, I got two. Earlier, I gave one shout-out, of course, to Jamal Adams. Hope he gets better, even though I can rip on him a couple of times. It's a kind of fucked up way to actually go out for the season. Hopefully, he comes back better than ever. He's quite, and hopefully, his team, out of this team or another team, actually plays him like how he used to be played before. Unfortunately, he's not, and they basically downgraded him. Shout-outs to him. My last shout-out is basically to the Buffalo Bills team. Nice way to choke it out. You know, you could have stopped the, um, the Patriots, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
he had a game plan it. They didn't watch the weather. They didn't do nothing. And this is supposed to be your home game, your home stadium. This is wow. to me. This is actually worse than getting you know a right tackles, a right guard's fa- um butt ass in, in the quarterback's face. This is actually a worse embarrassment, in my opinion. Shout out to them. You know, good way to choke it out, get ran, ran down to your throat. I'm done for the week. I'm out like the Bills. Shout out to me for going 11 and three last week. Shout out to the NFL for adding the extra game. We have four more. We still have five more games. And this is the last week of all the bye weeks. So next, the next four weeks or the next three weeks of games, no, the next four weeks of games, we will have 16 teams playing every single, we have 15, no, yeah, we'll have 16 games every single week going out, which will give you more chances to bet, more chances to make even more money. And shout out to my Chicago Bears for finally getting it together. And even though we didn't win, we gave Carolina, we gave uh, the Cardinals a hard time. And I believe we're going to get a win this week and we're going to give Aaron Rodgers a hard time. And I know it's going to be kind of interesting to see the Bears fans that come out there and kind of heckle about his immunizations and his uh, shaman treatments that he's been going through. It's cold. So. And it kind of points to the rest of the fact that the rest of the team isn't really, you know, rocking with the coach and the franchise anyway either. Because if Aaron goes, they go. Which is kind of what uh, their star wide receiver has been saying. So Devontae Adams, is if once he leaves and Rodgers wants out, it's kind of over for them. And as a Bears fan, I cannot wait, 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 wait for that to happen. That's what they get for drafting Jordan Love. You reap what you sow, and when you sow bullshit, you get bullshit. You go ahead, Malik. The hate. Yep, um, it's all there. My shout out, and it's a little bit of a shout out, but also a little bit of a you know eating crow at least for one week. Uh, shout out to Jared Goff uh, for you know this week. He was honored as the NFC Player of the Week um, wow. for his performance against uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the in the first victory for the Detroit Lions. So shout out to him, and uh, for one week I will eat a little bit of crow on this one. You had a you had a really good week. I saw some. I watched. I rewatched that game today, and um, you know I did see some some very very clear mistakes mistakes in your uh, in your decision making there. But you know in the end you came through, uh, made made the throws need to be made, and uh, and hit the rookie in the in the in the end zone for a touchdown. That uh, you know that won the game for uh, for Michigan in a in a week where they sorely needed it um, after the situation that happened at the at the Oxford School uh, out there in Michigan. So uh, shout out to that. Shout out to the Detroit Lions for that. Shout out to Oxford. Shout out to shout out to the people uh, impacted by that um, by that tragedy out there. I hope everybody's doing 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 better. You know, in this in this uh, very very difficult time with respect to that as well. Um, and then my last shout out is going to be to uh, Mr. Stephen Curry, uh, uh, AKA Steph, who is now um, only 10 three-pointers away from breaking the uh, all-time record held by Ray Allen, currently held by Ray Allen at 2,973, I believe is the number. Um, he was 16 away. He hit six uh, today against Portland. So now he's only 10 away. My hope here is that you are able to uh, get those 10 in the next two games so that you don't, so that you're not sitting on some, some, you know, some like really, really small number when you play the Knicks on the 14th of December. So uh, please, you got Philadelphia coming up and then I think and then you have one more game. Uh, so just go ahead and, and win it in Philadelphia. Uh, so hit, hit 10 threes while your brother's there in the, in the stands. Uh, I'm sorry, while your brother's on the other side, <laughs> hit 10 threes. So you've got some bragging rights for Christmas. Uh, so enjoy that. Have a good time. And um, you know, shout out, you know, more power to you and shout out to everybody out there. 
Wait, 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 wait. Do they play Knicks at home? And the, and the no, they're, they're, they're in New York. They're playing. Uh, the, no, I'm sorry. The Knicks are at home. The Knicks are at home. Oh man, you know he's gonna save it for the Knicks. Come on now. No, 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 he can't. No, Let's just like not. let him do it. Every star, time, every star does that. Get, he's, he's got, got two, two games, games get ten more threes. That. Yeah, Let's he's gonna. You're not gonna be on TV. You know what they're gonna They're gonna save it for the Knicks. He takes ten. He takes ten threes a game. He hits about four or five of them. Sometimes even six or seven. Oh, trust me. And he was trying against Portland. He was trying. He was really trying against Portland today. He was. He, he will break the record. Up. He will break the record before it happens. I and, hope so. And shout out to all the players. Oh, I forgot to mention this. Shout out to all the players in college football who are opting out of meaningless bowl games um, while their coaches are switching teams and getting $90 million and getting payouts and getting paid to go away. Um, shout out to y'all who finally capitalized and realized it's about taking care of yourself. And if you're going to opt out of the bowl game because you're going to the NFL, make sure you do that. I don't care if you're entering the CFL draft. If you want to opt out of that bowl game, do it. I'll be picking all of them. Shout out to Cincinnati for finally pulling off a undefeated season and getting into the playoff like they deserve. And for all the underdogs that never got a shot like UCF, Utah, uh, Western Michigan, and all the other teams that deserve to be there. And Hawaii, who was undefeated back in the day twice. And we're at BCS Buster and Boise State, one of my favorite teams that I used to love to watch. And I'm looking forward to bowl season. I'm looking forward to some December football. That should be interesting. And seeing the NFL playoffs take shape. Y'all got anything else you want to say? Oh, yeah, before, for, for, before I forget, shout outs to one of my favorite teams, middle of the pack. They actually clinched the playoffs in, in fantasy football. Shout outs to them. They, right now they're rocking that fifth seed. They, they can actually move up a little bit. But shout outs to my fantasy team. I'm gonna say, how do you shout out your own <laughs> fantasy team that you're, that you're, that you're, that you're, that you're running? That's, That's hilarious. Corniest. That is the coordinate shit I think you've done so far this season. You hey, I'm facing fantasy I'm, team. Hey, my fantasy team is facing your fantasy team this week, so you know we got to put that rivalry in there. Good lord, I'm gonna beat the brakes you know, off you, just so you know. Jonathan Taylor's gonna get like that, that's what yards. that's what Biden kneecap said, and oh, we kind of beat he, them. You're lucky Indianapolis is on a bye week. You're lucky they're on a bye week. Of course. Um, shout out to my UB Bulls who beat Western Kentucky <laughs> in Western Kentucky by ten points. Great teams win, but good teams cover. I like how you had a shout-out right, real team backwards. to cover up that BS. That was a real team. My UB, my UB <laughs> basketball Bulls. They are going to be going to the big dance this year. I'm I'm counting on it. They're the best team in the MAC. Keep an eye on them and keep betting on them. Um, That's they're covering a lot of games. You got you, you had a shout-out real team to cover up the BS that I just made. <laughs> All right. We are that was, that was awesome. We're out of here. Like, like I said before, we're out of here like the Bills. Peace. Peace out. <laughs>